can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Testing Thursdays with Wayne. Uh, What we're going to be talking about today is kind of taking a lot of the topics that I've already talked about over the past few weeks and throwing them into one concept so that people can, can see the relationships between everything that I've talked about. And primarily what we're going to be talking about today is water balance. Yes, Virginia, there is such a thing as water balance, and it's not you know juggling or playing on a seesaw or anything like that. But what <clears throat> water balance is, is taking the five most common parameters that you find in pool water and spa water, but we're going to say pool most of the time, that help determine whether the water that's in that pool is either corrosive in nature, which obviously can damage equipment, scale forming in nature, which obviously can damage the equipment, or is neither scale forming or corrosive, but yet balanced, which means it's it's neither, it's it's good. So taking these, these common parameters helps determine this. Now, it, it's not as complicated as everybody thinks it is or can make it out to be. It's pretty much common sense, like a lot of the things that we do in our industry. Common sense, people, do it, common sense. So let's talk about each one of these parameters in a little bit of detail, and then we'll kind of mush everything together. I like that word, mush everything together. And so you can see how the relationships work and and very easily determine whether your water needs to be changed or not or or treated somehow to correct the water balance problem. So let's start off by by defining what is is water balance. What are those components? Well, first of all, you've got pH. Total alkalinity, uh, let me correct that, it's total carbonate alkalinity. Yes, this gets a finger wag. Uh, Calcium hardness, the temperature of the water, and something called TDS, total dissolved solids. Now, I know I've talked about each one of those parameters in detail in previous podcasts, and we're just going to kind of do a quick review of each one to see how those relationships kind of merge together. Now, remember, pH is a measurement of how acidic or, or non-acidic the water is. It goes to the scale 0 to 14, 7 is neutral. The ideal range is 7.4 to 7.6. Acceptable is 7.2 to 7.8. And remember, the, the key thing here is that everything has a pH. Everything has a pH. Did I say that? Everything has a pH. That includes you, okay? Um, our blood has a pH. It's one of the first tests they take if, God forbid, you ever have to go to a hospital. Like I just experienced a couple of weeks ago. But uh, I digress. 
so it, what that also means is that all those products that we add to water to do something to the water, sanitize the water, an algicide, clarifier, you, you, if it's a spa, maybe aromatherapy, everything has a pH to it and can affect the overall pH of the water if unintentionally or intentionally overdosed. Okay, it's, it's very, very critical. That's why it's important to know the pH of the products that you're adding for treatment so that you don't have those kind of situations. That's why it's also important that you follow the instructions. That's why they're there. We just don't make them up from the top of our head uh, to placate ourselves. No, 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 no. There's a reason we have instructions to be followed. Anyhow, so pH is, is the first parameter. Um, the second parameter involved with water balance is generically total alkalinity, but I'm going to further define that. Because remember, total alkalinity, is, there is no such one thing called total alkalinity. Total alkalinity, keyword total, means that there are other things that are involved with total alkalinity. You've got carbonates, bicarbonates, sulfides, borates, uh, um, uh, and some other minor uh, uh, influencers that comprise total alkalinity. One of those is cyanuric acid. Aha. Okay. Total alkalinity testing also will read the presence of cyanuric acid. So if you're doing a total alkalinity test, you are also reading if there's any cyanuric acid in the water. So we don't want that when we do our water balance calculations, determinations. You have to take that cyanuric acid presence out of the equation. And how do you do that? Well, I talked about it when we talked about total alkalinity, but very briefly, you take one third of your cyanuric acid reading, whatever it happens to be, and subtract that from your measured total alkalinity value that you did on your test. And the resulting number is something that we in the industry call total carbonate alkalinity. Some people call it true alkalinity, some simply carbonate alkalinity, but total carbonate alkalinity is, is probably the better phrase to use. And that's very, very critical because if you don't do that correction, you're, 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 if you have to treat the water, it's going to be off as far as a reading is concerned. Um, false, false reading, false high, false low. Um, you could uh, really screw up your water balance calculations big time. Uh, that makes you think that, hey, my water's fine when really no is, hey, my water sucks. You know? So remember, you've got to do that correction. Now, obviously, if your water doesn't have any cyanuric acid in it, like in an indoor situation, don't have to worry about it. The number you get on your test is the number you use. Pretty simple. Again, common sense, people. Okay, the third parameter involved with water balance is calcium hardness. Um, as far as I'm concerned, probably the most critical of all the five water balance parameters. Calcium hardness has the potential to really screw up things easily and quickly. Calcium hardness is simply is the measurement of the amount of calcium carbonate that's that's in the water itself. Now, um, all, all water has some degree of calcium hardness to it. Uh, to give you a rough idea, I'm here in the Baltimore area, and out of the tap, I have Baltimore City water and, and my home, but I'm about 25 miles northeast of the city itself, so I'm at the last point of the pumping stations. Um, but out of the tap in my kitchen, my calcium hardness reading is probably about 50 to 60 parts per million. That's really low. Um, and depending upon where you are in the country, it could be much higher. It can be much lower. 
This is why it's important to do, you know, your, your source water testing to see where you are to begin with. But that's another broadcast to talk about. Anyhow, reeling myself back in. So uh, whenever I fill up a pool with, with uh, municipal water, um, you need to constantly check the calcium harness reading and adjust it. Now, remember that water balance, the key, one of the key concepts of water balance is that water will balance itself despite your best attempts. And it's going to go behind your back and try to balance itself. And it's going to try to balance itself the easiest way it possibly can. And that's by seeking calcium carbonate from, from wherever it can to absorb back into the water. Guess what's in gunite? Guess what's in grout? Even in some pool paint have calcium uh, carbonate in there. So the water's going to pull all that out and balance itself. And I know I talked about the horror stories of, of freshly painted pools and or, or, or replasters or, or even new pools that weren't cured properly or, or had the calcium harness compensated for and whatnot. So the chipping happens, pitting happens, and it's just a very awful nightmarish situation. So calcium hardness is is critical. We all know that too much calcium harness can cause scaling um, uh, or streaking. Um, too little calcium harness, again, pitting and, and whatnot, and, and, you know, just simply destruction of grout and whatnot. So it, it's, it's very, very important. And also temperature plays a role in this, too. And that is the fourth parameter is temperature. The temperature of the water, ha although has although it, it is part of water balance, it's a minor influence on water balance, but still there. You would have to go to the extremes in water temperature uh, to have any kind of a somewhat significant uh, uh, impact. And by extremes, what do I mean? Well, on the cold side, anything under 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Um we all know that that the colder the water, the slower chemical reactions occur. Um, that that's a, a key factor with cold water testing. Um, ha, the higher the temperature, the more chemicals can be um, altered. And maybe that's the best way to, to to do it. That's why when you're testing water from a hot tub, you need to help have it cool down to at least ninety degrees Fahrenheit or less in order to get the right reading, because the temperature of the water can basically eat those testing reagents and give you really weird readings. <coughs> so um, you, you want your <clears throat> temperature of the water. There's no ideal number because everybody, it's all personal preference. Uh, but for things like swim competitions and <clears throat> diving competitions, FINA likes to have uh, water temperatures between 78 and 82 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, again, personal preference, but it is an issue that you do have to compensate for when you're dealing with water balance um, to make sure that everything is fine and hunky-dory. hunky, hunky dory. Oh, I forgot to mention calcium hardness and total alkalinity. The ideal range for total alkalinity, 80 to 120 parts per million. Acceptable is 60 to 180 parts per million. For calcium hardness, the ideal range is 200 to 400 parts per million for pool water and 150 to 250 parts per million for hot water environments. Sorry, I forgot to mention that earlier. So let's roll back. Um, so we've got pH, total out, total carbonate alkalinity, calcium hardness, temperature, and the last one is TDS, total dissolved solids, probably the most misunderstood parameter in water balance and probably everything else. 
I talked about TDS uh, a few podcasts ago, but but just to give it a brief summary, remember that everything that we add to the water over its history, uh, pool water over its history. So you're talking sanitizers, oxidizers, shock shocking products, um, algicides if it has to be there, any kind of chemical treatment, people, dogs, uh, anything that the cat can get into the water that becomes dissolved. In other words, you don't see it because the water has dissolved it. It's still there. You just don't see it. Well, there comes a point for TDS that it can become a problem. And that, that, that point is that, 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 that that point is sound like machine gun is 1500 parts per million over your incoming water TDS. Again, knowing what your source water values are will help you with this. So let's give an example. Here I am in Baltimore again. Ha, go O's, go Ravens. Um, my TDS out of the tap water in my house is about 500 parts per million. If you add 1,500 to that, that becomes 2,000. That is my upper limit for TDS before I have to do something. Okay, so you simply add 1,500 to your TDS level. Now, if you happen to work with uh, customers that have uh, uh, saltwater generators, chlorine generators, uh, it's a little bit different. You take that 1,500 number, that magic number, and you add that to the amount of salt that is required for whatever the unit is that you're working with. So say you have a system that requires 3,000 parts per million. 3,000 plus 1,500 is 4,500. That's your upper limit for TDS. Um, <clears throat> you know TDS is too high if the water looks, starts looking dull chemical reactions are slow. And if you know the water in the pool has not been completely drained and refilled, even partially drained and refilled for years, years, not days, weeks, or months, years. And I'm talking a lot of years, five, 10, 15 years, uh, possibly higher. I have a neighbor who hasn't drained uh, their above ground oval-shaped pool in almost 20 years now, water is absolutely beautiful because they control things and they do partial drainings every now and then to keep that TDS level lower. But TDS still is a factor when you're talking water balance. It's the fifth and final factor that you're working with. So we've got pH, carbonate alkalinity, calcium hardness, temperature, and TDS. So what? Well, here's the so what. A little bit of a, let's go back in our Wayback Machine. Um, for those of you who are aficionados of Peabody and Sherman, I'm old, I remember them. Um, in our Wayback Machine, let's travel back to around 1930. Uh, there was a professor of engineering at uh, University of California in LA, UCLA back then, uh, by the name of Wilfred Langlier. Yes, Wilfred, you know, diabetes. <laughs> That's what it looked like, actually. Um, uh, and Professor Langlier, um, was approached by the then Los Angeles Water Department to help them determine how acidic the water is that was coming down from the mountains that surround LA into their aquifers uh, to be provided to the citizens. Now, what's an aquifer? Well, if you've ever seen a Terminator movie or maybe some earlier visions of Fear of the Walking Dead, it's those big concrete river looking things. Um, that's an aquifer. That's what helps brings the water down from the mountains into the city itself. Um, they needed help. 
uh, because uh, they were having some problems with scaling and, and, and pH and things like that. So good old Professor Langlier developed a formula that takes pH, carbonate alkalinity, uh, temperature, and calcium hardness, subtracting out a, a, a value for TDS, and you get a number. And that number will determine whether the water is acidic in nature or scale forming in nature. God, I got big hands on the screen. Ooh. Anyhow, I entertain myself so well. Um, so um, he developed this formula. Now, the critical thing is that you have to remember that the formula that he originally developed for, is for what is called a closed water system. In other words, sunlight rarely, if ever, hits the water surface itself. So water and pipes, basically, as opposed to an open water system, that would be things like reservoirs, lakes, pools, outdoor pools, things of that nature. So um, the formula was actually tweaked in the 1950s uh, to what it is today. And what it is today is um, you take your, your pH, your actual physical pH measurement, and then you add to that a value that represents um, – uh, total carbonate alkalinity, calcium hardness, temperature. You add those four numbers together, you get a number, and subtract from that the value that represents TDS at, in certain ranges. Now, um, doing math by the pool side is hard. Math is hard. Bacon's easier, but math is hard. So, um, uh, it, uh, you, you know, if you've ever taken the, the CPO uh, certified pool operators course, you know that you had to do the actual math. Um, uh, I teach the CPO course, so yeah, I know, I get it. It's 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 a pain in the butt sometimes, but uh, doing the math itself uh, will result in a number. And if that number falls between a negative 0.3 and a positive 0.5, then the water is considered in bounce, like a little Big finger quotes in bounce, finger time. Um, weird day. Anyhow, <laughs> uh, and you really don't have to do anything. However, a negative number indicates water's corrosive nature. A positive number indicates water's potential for scaling. So if the number that you get is less than a negative 0 0.3, like it's negative 0 0.4, negative 0 0.5, et cetera, it is increasingly more acidic. If, there, if that final number is positive, greater than a positive 0 0.5, like positive 0 0.6, positive 0 0.7, et cetera, it becomes, the water becomes increasingly more, um, has a propensity for scaling or streaking or, 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 or cloudy water or whatever. So it's kind of like one of those values. You know, you have a finite range, okay? Back out so I don't scare people. You have a finite range of, of, a, of a negative 0 0.3 and a positive 0 0.5. But once you go beyond that range, you got problems, okay? Now, thank God technology has arrived because um, there are easier ways to determine water balance other than trying to do poolside bath. Um, now everybody kind of knows that I worked for Taylor for 31 years and retired last fall. So Taylor came out. This is not a product endorsement now. Uh, this is, we're talking pools podcast. Yeah, I got, got the official yellow shirt. 
um, came out with something called a watergram. Uh, you're probably on your screen. It's, it's kind of reversed, kind of deal, kind of mirrored, whatever. But devices like this will help you do that math poolside so that you don't have to do it in your head and forget it and mess it all up. And like in case of the watergram, the instructions are on the back that show you how to do it. Remember those things called instructions? You know, things you're supposed to read? Uh, yeah. Anyhow, um, this will help you determine whether your water's in balance or not. And we'll give you that final number. Also, because technology is neat and when it works, it works really well. It's a test. It's a test. It's a test. Is that you can get apps now on your phone that all you have to do is plug in your values and it will come up with your water balance uh, final figure. And that final figure, by the way, is called saturation index or SI for sure. <coughs> so your saturation index, remember, needs to fall between a negative 0.3 and a positive 0.5. Now, these apps that you can put on your phone whatnot, are relatively inexpensive, uh, sometimes even free. <coughs> Again, no product endorsement, but I'm pretty familiar with Arenda's app that, that allows you to do that calculation. Uh, Taylor has one. Some of the other uh, testing companies have them, too. Uh, that will help you determine that final water balance figure. Now, there's also a very easy way to determine water balance. And usually, if you do your testing and all of your values fall within the ideal ranges of each parameter, you know, 7.4 to 7.6 for pH, 80 to 120 for alkalinity, 200 to 400 parts per million for hardness, uh, temperature is between 78 and 82, and your TDS level is low. Pretty much you can, without having to do any kind of math or plugging in numbers in the net, the water is probably going to be balanced over within that range. Um, if it's when one of the parameters go out of whack that you can have some problems. Also, you need to be very, very careful. Remember, it's called water balance, so we've got that seesaw kind of thing going on here. You can have a really high value for one parameter and a low parameter for another value, but yet when you do water balance, it balances. Okay, what happens there? You ignore it? Hell no. There is actually a sequence you need to, to be aware of in order to figure out the best way to treat it. So the very first thing you look at is pH. Okay, if your pH value is good, between 7.4 and 7.6, you're good to go. Then go to total alkalinity, total carbonate alkalinity. If your pH and your carbonate alkalinity are good, then go to your calcium hardness reading. Okay, And why do you do that in that order? Because those three values you can treat chemically for the most part. Okay, um, We know acid lowers pH and total, and total alkalinity. Uh, bicarb raises alkalinity. Soda ash raises pH. With calcium hardness. Calcium chloride raises uh, calcium harness readings, but the only way to lower calcium harness is to drain with water of a lesser amount. But so you do that pH, alkalinity, hardness in that order, okay? Temperature you may not have any control over. Um, usually don't, particularly if your pool is not heated, okay? You don't have any control over it. Um, TDS, you have absolutely zero control over. You, you have no way of knowing, really not no way of knowing, but... No way of, of dealing with it. There's no um, chemical that will 
lower TDS. It doesn't exist. The only way to lower TDS is to partially drain the water in the pool and fill it up with the amount that's lower. Kind of like high calcium harness levels. But if all of your parameters for each one of those, of, of all of your ranges for each one of those parameters are good, you're good, generally speaking. Okay. It's when one of those parameters is way out of whack that's causing issues. Okay. Now, the other thing I always tell people is that even though your water balance saturation index value you get when you did your math shows between a negative 0.3 and a positive 0.5, yay, yippee, you know, confetti goes off in the air kind of thing. No, don't ignore the individual parameters. Again, because, you know, one could be way high, one way low, and it balances itself out mathematically. But in reality, no, you're screwed. Okay, you got to fix one of those parameters that's causing that off balance. Okay, so don't ignore the individual parameters. Boy, my hands are really, really super big. Um, monster hands. Um, why am I so concerned about that? Never mind. It's been a long day. Anyhow, um, take a look at the individual parameters too. Just don't take that whole saturation index value to heart. Look at the individual parameters because, again, one could be really wacky and strange and weird that you have to treat. And you remember, you always look at alkalinity first when you're treating something, then pH, okay, and then in calcium hardness. With water balance, the first thing you look at is pH, then alkalinity, and then calcium hardness, okay? So to sum up everything today, um, just remember that, that water balance is a thing, and it's a thing you need to be aware of. You know, just don't stick a strip in the water. <laughs> Test strips. Um, uh, or do testing and walk away. You, there's there's an extra step you got to do to make sure that your customer's water is fine, okay? Because you don't want to get that call at 6 o'clock in the morning or that text that says, you know, my pool's all messed up. It's cloudy. I don't know what's going on. My, you know, things are being eaten away because the water's so acidic, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, you don't want those calls. Those are not nice calls. Um, <laughs> um, and maintaining the, the, the proper water balance in these situations will, will make your customers happy, uh, will make you happy because a happy customer is a paying customer. Ah, finger wag again. Okay. And, and customer retention and, and all that. So, you know, water balance, although a lot of people ignore it, um, it, you can't. It, it's that, you know, big elephant in the room kind of deal that, that is hitting you with its trunk saying, hey, idiot, you forgot to do water balance or you, there's more stuff you got to do or something like that. Doesn't take very, very, very much time. You're talking seconds here, not hours, and seconds to determine proper water balance for your customer. And this is regardless of whether you have customers bringing in water samples into your location or whether you're doing on-site testing, still do a water balance check and, and, and do water balance at least a couple times uh, a, a month. I mean, you can do it every visit if you wanted to, but, you know, at least twice a month because things change, you know, weather comes through, storms come through, yeah, you know, big parties come through, <laughs> that elephant comes through. Uh, that can change the the one of the parameters significantly enough so that it's going to change the saturation index value you get in your water balance calculations. Because remember, you want to be between a negative 0.3 and a positive 0.5 as 
best as you possibly can. Okay, boys and girls, that's it for today. Um, any questions or anything, uh, any topics you want me to talk about, please feel free to go to talkingpools at gmail.com and they will be forwarded to me. Uh, remember to uh, listen to the other uh, Talking Pools podcast from my cohorts in crime here at Talking Pools uh, during the week. Um, we're also going to be at some upcoming shows, if I remember correctly, the Southwest show and the Florida show. I won't be there, but a couple other people might be there from Talking Pools. Um, in the meantime, y'all have a great, great week, and I will be talking to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 